welcome, and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Today's episode is National Farmer Veterans Coalition. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. All right. Thanks, Brian. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rick and Jeanette. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Yeah. So we'll start this morning just like we start every Friday. So we would like to learn a little bit more about each of you before we roll into the conversation. So Jeanette, let's go ahead and start with you. Talk a little bit about your background and how you came to serve Farmer Veteran Coalition. Well, I was actually uh, was born in Wiesbaden, Germany. My father was in the Air Force. Um, when we came home, we came back to his family farm and outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, and it was a big dairy and potato farm. Uh, and then I went off to college and that took me to Edinburgh University and Cal State University, Fullerton and uh, married a gentleman who was in the army. And that took me to Fort Campbell, Tennessee. And uh, then he got out, he uh, resigned his commission and we moved to um, New York, New Mexico, Michigan, Colorado, California. Uh, and then uh, we, we parted ways and, and I, it was like a second career started for me. My, I had 24 years that was in banking um, in an agricultural lending. And then I just moved on into uh, doing advocacy work for agriculture. I had a company called California Food and Agribusiness Advocates. We did legislative and regulatory reform. I have a water uh, water company called Global Water Innovations. We're partners with the National Alliance for Water Innovation. And I uh, just got really uh, heavily involved in the agricultural sector, had an appointment to uh, the LA Regional Water Quality Control Board, um, working on ag water issues there. Uh, had a USDA appointment to the um, Foreign Ag Services Division, the Ag Technical Advisory Committee for Trade. Um, and now in this past June, I was just uh, appointed to the US EPA Farmers and Ranchers and Rural Communities um, Committee working on water quality. And um, so I think, you know, I've been involved with a lot of ag organizations throughout my career. Um, I was state president for California Women for Ag. I'm very proud of that and uh, national president for American Ag Women as well. So um, yeah, just a live, breathe and sleep ag. So um, I love it. So but there's a lot to learn. No matter how much you know, there's always something else to learn. So yeah, absolutely. You've definitely seen the sites that the U.S. has to offer, it sounds like, and, and deeply rooted there in agriculture as well. So Rick, let's turn it over to you. Talk a little bit about your role within AGI SureTrack. Okay, thanks. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, so I'm the, the lead field service manager for AGI Track. So I'm in charge of handling anything from installing our equipment, servicing our equipment, uh, training our dealers, and working hand in hand with our counterparts throughout the organization. Um, I'm actually nowhere near as experienced in ag as Jeanette is. I've only got four years uh, in agriculture. I was actually in the military, the Marine Corps, all the way until 2016 when I was medically retired. Um, after being medically retired, I went to college, got a, got my degree and started doing some job searching. I just could not find a fit anywhere. And I just, just happened to uh, have a family friend that uh, got me into agriculture, and I've never turned back since. I've been loving every minute of it. So. But you yeah, know what I have to say, Laura, is, you know, just um, just like you were saying, Rick, is um, 
the military prepared you for being a farmer. And just like my career in all its different directions prepared me to be executive director for Farmer Veteran Coalition. Uh, it's just yes. amazing how a mil- the military path, you know, path that you take and everything you do in the mer- military, you need to do to be a farmer. So you may have only been doing it for four years, but you have to include that United States Marine Corps time in there too. <laughs> yes. It's definitely, uh, the agriculture field's definitely been a fit. Uh, I spent my whole time in the infantry, so all my work was outdoors, uh, very physical, physically demanding. So being able to be outdoors, just like the, uh, the commercial, the, uh, the, the video that you played before it, it's the agriculture field is responsive work. And, uh, to be able to see that daily, it's just the, uh, sense of pride that that gives you. It's, it, uh, translates pretty much like the military environment. So that's, it's a really good fit for veterans, the agriculture field. Um, and then how they were talking about the hypervigilance agriculture field is, uh, it's, it's pretty dangerous work. So having that, having the mentality that you're trained in the military, look for, look out for dangers and be on, be proactive versus reactive. It's more of offensive work. So when you're out there and working in the agriculture field, you're able to see all that stuff and it kind of relieves that stress and you fit into that environment very well because you're already adapted to it. You're able to adapt and change quickly. You're able to see where uh, your time management, where time needs to be put into certain areas. Uh, so it, it everything correlates very well from the military time and into the agriculture field. So that's definitely a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're all here this morning because next week is, is Veterans Day. And so this is a timely conversation to recognize the, the work that our veterans do, keeping us safe and free, as well as, you know, co- the connection to agriculture. So great points there, Rick. Um, I think that that's why the the veteran team, your install team excels so well is, is the fact that they're, they can adapt on the fly and, you know, they have that physical ability to get the job done and installing all of that equipment. So, you know, talking a little bit more about that, Jeanette, how does the farmer veteran coalition help to connect those dots? What's, what are some of the resources and the opportunities that your organization helps veterans to secure, to be able to step into farming? We know that it's an expensive and sometimes very hard field to get into if you're a first time or first generation farmers. So talk a little bit about that. Well, there's about um, annually, there's about 200,000 folks that are leaving the military. And we, as they're looking for what they're going to be, what their next step's going to be, their next mission, as we call it, uh, we want them to consider farming. But you don't have to own land to be a farmer. There's many uh, areas in agriculture where you can work. Uh, we do. We are starting some apprenticeships, uh, helping some folks. Uh, there's a shortage of tractor repairmen, for example. Drone flyers, uh, pesticide applicators. There's water technicians. There's a whole slew of, uh, of support industries that need help too. But our focus is beginning farmers and ranchers, um, and we do have a lot of programs that help with career counseling, uh, technical support. Um, you know. Uh, peer-to-peer support, our whole structure. Um, and this might be a good time for that one slide that I wanted to bring up, the slide of um, our chapters. Um, if you have that, Brian, that would be great. I think oh. it's one more. Oh. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. 
So this, what we've done, this is, uh, we're expanding in all the different uh, chapters across the United States. Um, we have 15 right now that are up and running and with 11 currently in process. And if you go to the next slide, Brian, you'll see what we're, we're doing is um, we're creating regions. And the re regions are important because the veterans that are in farming in each of these regions uh, can have do peer-to-peer -peer counseling and they can help each other. They can share resources. They're going through the same issues, commodity price issues, uh, trade war issues, weather issues. Uh, so they really can lean on each other. We offer a lot of support to our regions so that they can reach out on the local level right down to the farmer and help them with a lot of um, the things that was on that previous slide, Brian, what does FPC do for its members? Um, that's really what we're talking about, that peer-to-peer -peer support. Uh, we do, no, keep going. The resource referrals, yeah. Um, we do, we offer discounts to them um, and we have other organizational programs. We have our, our Homegrown by Heroes label that helps them with their marketing. But we have, what's so great about our organization, Laura, is we do everything from, we have every ethnicity, every age, every crop, every uh, type of growing method. Um, it's just very diverse. We have alpaca people, we have bee people, we have, you know, livestock growers, vegetable growers. Uh, so that is just really um makes the job very fun and, and interesting. Um, and there's different issues uh, all around the United States that we get to help folks with. Uh, every national disaster, oh, COVID, for example, uh, you know, we have a long road ahead of us with the um, recession and the recovery. So, and we're gonna be here every step of the way for our veterans. Yeah, you know, and one thing that I picked up on both in the commercial that aired before the, the webinar here this morning, as well as in our conversation already, you know, we're talking about veterans mobilizing to feed America, but really it's a mobile support system as well. And, and Rick, you can speak to this with your install team and, and the guys, that, guys and gals that you work with. Um, you know, you're disconnected, but you're connected at the same time because you're just a phone call away and you have that port support system. You have that directory of folks that you can pick up and make a phone call to who know what you're going through because they've been going through it themselves. Basically, what's what's taught in the military is uh, servant leadership. And what's what's great about that for our field um, being that that generally our service techs, they're out working individually. So they're traveling. They could be just in a three-week loop when they're out working for 21 days. They could be in seven different states. They're not connected per se to um, AGI headquarters. They don't have that immediate support right there if they run into a problem. But what they do is what's great about it is everybody is with the servant leadership that I'm talking about. Everybody works very well in a team together. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. If they run into an issue, they can reach out to any one of the team members uh, looking for help. And if they don't have, if that team member they reach out to doesn't have that answer, they know who to go to. So it's a, it's very, uh, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a very tight network and everybody is there to serve each other. You know, and I, I have to say this, um, a lot of our folks, you know, they start small, but then some of their operations can get quite large. And when they hire employees, uh, you know, they, they do hire uh, that fellow servicemen and, and it's the camaraderie. 
uh, where they do, you're exactly right. They can lean on each other and they know the mission and they know they'll get the job done and they'll do what it takes to get it done. So yeah, I think it's a great business model. And you make a great point too. That uh, So 90% of my team is uh, military veterans and I've personally recruited them, whether it be at a military job fairs and so forth. And there's no, they haven't been trained in agriculture or anything like that. But what is great about a military service member is they're trainable that you can look at all of the courses and uh, classwork that they've gone through in the military to get their military, uh, especially op- op- uh, military or MOS, their job, op- 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 I can't even speak to I'm sorry, their military specialty, like what their job is within the military. So they were trained to do that. So just the fact that they were able to come out of school, go into the military, learn a trade. And then when they come out, you know that they're already trainable. So that's what's that you're gaining that, that asset of trainability. So once you, which, once you get them, they already know the aspect of putting in hard work. Um, they're all about customer service. And again, the servant leadership, making sure that they're doing what's right for the team as a whole, the organization as a whole. So that there's this, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing to have that uh, people that are wanting to learn people that are trainable and they go that extra mile to get the job done. So it's, it's, it really does fit well within the agricultural field being that it's so demanding and there's never, um, like you said, there's no, there's not always somebody to lean on, but within the tight, once you build that tight community, you have that, that backing, that help that's always there all the time. So it's comforting. And Jeanette, I know in the conversations we've had prior, you've talked a lot about the training opportunities that Farmer Veterans Coalition helps to facilitate. So talk a little bit more about that. I know that you're working in the irrigation space, you're working in tractor repair, really the gamut of agriculture occupations. So talk a little bit more about that and how you help those folks who are so overly trainable become trained. Well, you know, we do a lot actually with... um, the whole ramping up and actual uh, implementing. So it's like helping write a business plan, doing the financing, dealing with uh, risk management, uh, you know, then actually the growing, you know, selecting land. Are we going to lease? Are you going to own? You know, what are you going to grow? Looking at your soil, looking at your water, um, you know, helping them uh, take the classes, working. We have some great partners we work with. I'll give the Center for Land-Based Learning out there a shout out. You know, they're one of many that we work with that have apprenticeship programs that farmers actually go and learn how to farm. Learn, You know, people don't realize how complex farming is. It isn't just, you know, you throw a seed in the ground, right? There's, there's pests to deal with, water to deal with. And now in California, when you're dealing with irrigation, you have to deal with a lot of precision ag tools. So you're dealing, um, you know, because you, you have to do soil monitoring and water. And, uh, you know, there's just so, there's so many pieces to it. The weather, the markets, the commodity markets, you know. So they need help in every step of the way. And then, then they need help to scale up. And, and, when, and when they grow, they need help in marketing. And that's really where that um, homegrown by heroes, like, well, I think I have one. Hold on. Yes, I do. Here. There's our homegrown by heroes label. And so they can use this and put it in the, um, put it on their products and sell it at the local uh, farmers markets, try to get it into their local retailers. And it's, it's really been a good brand for them. Uh, and it's a growing, it's really growing. And, 
And then, you know, we have the we have the veterans that are in urban communities that are doing urban farming. So they're just setting up like CSAs. They're setting up uh, community gardens. And those those folks were really valuable during COVID, too, I have to say, because they helped um, when there was panic, when people walked in the stores, you know, and there was nothing there. Right now, people could meet their farmers and they knew they they were there. They, they didn't know where they were before the food just showed up in the grocery store, but now they knew where the farmers were and there was a, they sort of relaxed and they knew that they could go somewhere and get food. So it was, you know, there was uh, when the just uh, distribution system sort of got disrupted during COVID, I think there's been a lot of success stories um, across this country um, from the farming communities and how well they could pivot and adjust and adapt. So, you know, um, we were, we were never, our office never, you know, we're critical. Um, we didn't, you know, we've been here the whole time <laughs> and our need has increased. <laughs> so, and it, it will it, it continue, I think, to be this way through recovery. But yeah, no, it's, there's concentrating. If you look at our conference, if you go online uh, and look at our website there, for the conference sign up, there's a lot that we do. Um, the financial piece, we help with, we do some stuff with some mental health. And we also do some stuff with um, you know, the uh, actual growing we have. I got to tell you this, because they put a great program together in a very short time. So they, uh, they talked about, they talk about urban farming, fruit trees, nut trees, forestry. Uh, they talk about the major issues in water, uh, flowers, vegetables, livestock. Uh, you know, there's, there's just something, you know, for everyone. Uh, and, and that's why, and I was, I wanted to touch on something Rick said, we have national conferences. Uh, and one of the, the things with national conferences is people come for the networking and that camaraderie and meeting people from all over the country. And that's why they're so incredibly fun and fabulous. And, and we put a lot of work in trying to make this virtual conference have that same feel. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it turns out. Um, and, and we'll probably have regional conferences next year because of um, uncertainty of some of the states um, still being able to open up. So, but yeah. Right. No. And, and you have that national conference coming up pretty quickly, don't you? Yes, it is the 18th and 19th so um, of this month. And it's full of wonderful things, uh, you know, everything from, you know, marketing your brand, selling your brand, um, just different issues that are happening. One of the nice things is we get to have these stories from our different chapters. They present what's going on in their chapters and the different things they're doing. So it's just, you just learn so much. And that's what's, I think, really great about it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be sure to share the link for registration to the national conference, the virtual na uh, national conference in both the Facebook Live um, comments as well as the blog here when we recap. So, you know, I think that we need to talk about the impactful resources that you're providing financially as well, Jeanette. Um, you have so many grant opportunities and so many great sponsors that are helping veterans to get started in agriculture. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So we have a lot of partners. Uh, you know, we do the fellowship funds uh, and we've been doing them, I think, since 2010. Um, we've given out over $3 million. So we have uh, grants that we give out from one to $5,000 uh, 
you know, and the people, they apply for them. Our application period will be opening in January of this year. It ends on Valentine's Day because we love our veterans. And then we, on April 1st, we announce the winners and we do the fulfillment, hopefully to get all everything, what everybody needs to plant in their hands by Memorial Day after the frost uh, subsides there back east. But um, we have so many partners who help us with this. Um, I, you know, I'm, I, I hate to list one because I know I'll forget someone, but we have, you know, Wounded Warrior, we have Newman's Zone, we have um, uh, Kubota is one of our big ones with the Gear to Give program, which is a segment of this. So I have to uh, talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, we have just wonderful partners, Prudential, um, Tractor Supply Company, they've just all have they they get what we're doing and how successful it is and how much of an impact it makes and they want to be a part of it and so the Kubota gear to give program is um you know we we're having a separate application next year because we try to fit equipment um and they have five divisions across the united states so we we, we you know select people throughout the country uh, but we gave away five tractors this year and some implements just the beginning of uh, last month and so it's just it's a wonderful thing uh, if you're starting off to to have that help and assistance and the stories and the just the gratitude from the people who who get them it's just it's just very heartwarming it it's really what we what we do what we do so yeah but no and and then so now what's happened is the reason we're starting these apprenticeships that you just mentioned is because industry folks are coming to us saying hey you know we got shortage of tractor repairmen you know and so can you help us out? And so we can. If you pull up that one slide, Brian, that has, you know, who are FVC members, that might be really good right now. That, um, you know, we have about 25,000 members across the country. And oops, there, I know. Yeah, that's it. So we have about 21,000 members across the country and, and uh, 85% are, are men, 15 are women. And because we come from, you know, we're drawing folks out of the military or very, uh, very diverse. And we represent all branches of service. We do have 76% um, that are post 9-11 uh, service. And we do have 59% which are disabled. So. Disabled can mean anything from a vision impairment to a hearing loss to uh, double amp amputations and everything in between. So, um, and I think that goes back to what Rick was saying about purpose. You know, sometimes if you're, especially if you're disabled, um, finding a reason to get up and watch something grow and defeat people, that purpose is so important. And impactful that it helps them through some tremendous obstacles. And I've we've had veterans who have told Michael, who was in the video earlier, the founder of our organization, that he saved their lives. And I firmly believe that. Um, that's one of the things that is just so wonderful about this organization. And I've only been here since July first, uh, and ha because of COVID, haven't been able to get out and meet everybody. But I still have you know, they, people call and write and post on our social media and we, we know, and we're in touch with them and we, we know uh, the impact it's making. So. 
Right. You know, we've talked about, you know, what a good fit our military members are for agriculture, but you make such an important point of how important agriculture is for our military members. It's such a great connection to be able to put your hands in the soil and, and you know, not just row cropping and, and growing things, but livestock production as well. So, you know, what is the, the split up between folks who are actually producing a crop as opposed to your livestock producers? Are you working in both sectors? Oh, yes, we're working both sides and a lot of value added too. We have a lot of people who are making IPAs, they're making, you know, barbecue sauces and, uh, you know, flavored honey and, uh, you know, just anything you can think of that you eat. They're, you know, beef jerky, they're making everything. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing to keep up with them. And, and what's really great is we have these long-term relationships. And so we get to watch their farms grow and they send us pictures of their kids at Christmas in front of their farms. And uh, actually I, my idea of next year is to take all these pictures we're getting and, and put them on Christmas cards and sell them <laughs> because we always like to play it forward here. And, and we do have a lot of veterans who've received fellowship funds in the past who are, um, who are doing that and helping us in that regard um, so we can help new veterans that are, are joining us now. Yeah, that's great. So Rick, coming back to you here, I know your team has been so busy this season with the devastation in Iowa and just new installs in general. Talk a little bit about what your team is doing today, um, how mobilized you are. I know you're servicing the country from coast to coast, um, border to border. Talk a little bit about what a day in the life of an installer looks like for AGI SureTrack. Uh, yes, it's definitely, it's not your typical job. And I think that's why the military personnel is a fit. And how, how I actually got into this job is um, when it was originally in telefarms, uh, the owner uh, got with me and they were having a hard time finding individuals that they could trust to be out on their own and to could put up with the day in and day out of being on the road for three weeks straight. Uh, so I was just going to do it for a summer just to help out and end up uh, getting into it and then they pretty much gave me the ability to go out and hire people. So obviously just like everybody we're talking here, I have a connection with the military and I, I, I feel bonded with them. It's a tight knit community. So of course I went and I recruited uh, my team is 90% military. And so basically in a day in their life, they, uh, they get a route. I'll give them say, uh, if it's a service tech, they might have anywhere from uh, 90 to 100 jobs that they'll go out and they might start from North Carolina and end up in Oregon. You just don't know. So they'll, they'll be driving out through. They'll be servicing our equipment, installing new equipment, uh, training and meeting dealers. Uh, so the the day is what they could be doing is, I mean, it's a toss up. They could be working on equipment. They could be training somebody. They could be um, uh, going to a, a, a a farmer's uh, market to do like to sell, to be there just as uh, personnel to talk with other people, to get out there and, and do some marketing. So you just never know what you're going to do in, in, in this line of work. I mean, it's something different every day, to be honest with you. Right. And, so. you know, coming back to you, Jeanette, you know, talking about the opportunities that Farmer Veteran Coalition provides, it, there's really a lot of parallels and similarities here, you know, just to be able to do something different every day and really manifest your own destiny in, in terms of what you want to do and the life you want to build and the career opportunities that you want to pursue. Um, talk a little bit about how people are coming to Farmer Veteran Coalition. How are they finding out about it? And how are you recruiting new members? So we've been um, 
around for 10 years. So, and I would have to say we're uh, leading the veteran to farm space. Uh, you know, there are other nonprofits out there that do that, but we've been doing it for a very long time. Um, you know, so I would say word of mouth would be the first way, but also, you know, just as Rick was mentioning, when you transition out of the military, there's certain, uh, you know, they help you with your career transition. Uh, so we, we, we're involved in that process as well. And so, and then we have partnerships. We just joined a partnership with Combined Arms Institute. Um, and so we get referrals from all our partners. You know, uh, they send folks to us who are interested in starting a farm. You know, a lot of the military folks that we have grew up on farms, but maybe when they graduated from high school, um, the farm wasn't at a place where they could take on another family to support, right? So they were kicked out on their own and there may not have been employment opportunities in their rural communities. And so they went into the military and now when they exit the military, you know, they really, they miss that, the, the lifestyle they miss, you know, like you said, controlling your own, your own destiny. And so they want to go back to that. But, you know, what's amazing is the veterans even, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, bless you. <laughs> yeah, we were talking early. It's, it's, uh, we're on automatic controls out here and it's just 730. <laughs> so they're not turned on yet. Um, Yes, the, um, or where was I? Laura, help me out. So, uh, yeah, so for opportunities for um, veterans to kind of shape their own destiny and and uh, pursue okay. those career opportunities. Yeah, and so, you know, but I'm, what we're also seeing too well, is, is the urban ag. Uh, actually, there's been so much urban ag that USDA just put out an urban ag toolkit, which is one of the things we're going to talk about at our conference. So, you know, the, the, the just working in the soil, whether it's in the cities or suburbs or in the country, it's just very healing. Uh, it provides the peace, the, the, the doing the work just um, brings up, um, you know, calmness and a, 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 a just rewarding to create something from nothing. And so, and, and to do good with that something, right. To feed people, uh, your neighbors. And so it's sort of like just taking, it's, it's still like a public service role, you know, it's sort of like, and that's what military service really is, right. Serving the public and by protecting them. And now you're just serving the public by feeding them. So it's really, um, it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing to watch. I have to tell you of all the things I've done, in my career, this is, is the best. That's so great to hear. And you've, that's really saying something, you know, based on what you've done in your career. So we, you know, we definitely thank you for that service to agriculture as an advocate, as well as to our farmer veterans. Um, so we did have a couple of questions pop in here. So Jeanette, this first question is for you. Is there a cost to attend the national conference? There is a cost because there's a cost to put it on. And sure. I'm thinking it's $30 or $35, something like that. Yeah. Our, you know, one of the things people don't realize is oh, we say we have this membership, but we don't charge for membership. And we have a lot of benefits for membership. For example, one of our benefits of membership is getting $500 off of buying a Kubota tractor. So it's like, so we, 
we have a call center and everything else. We have to support the, those operating costs and staffing. So we have to charge, but yeah, it's great value. It's a great, great virtual conference. Right. And I, I think to put it, to put into perspective, you know, $30 for two days of resources and education, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's a two day conference and $30 covers both days. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So no, it's, uh, and it, and I have to say, it's amazing too, the, cause we had to, you have to collect all these videos from all these speakers and coordinate them. And as you were saying earlier with rural America, um, the internet it can be sketchy. So trying to find platforms and create ways, um, the innovation that went behind this is, is really going to be good, but no. Yeah. That's great to hear. So next question for you, Rick, um, do you currently have opportunities on your install team? Yes, we do. So uh, at the at the beginning of the harvest of 21, we're going to be hiring uh, 12 temp employees. So how we started uh, this year was the first time we put the uh, process into play. We we hire individuals as the temp positions. It'll be a six month uh, temp position. And after that six month, if you like the job, um, if you were a good fit for the team, then there's possibilities for full time employment. And that'll be with the installation team or with the uh, service and warranty team. Yeah. So next question, Rick, is the position year round or is it seasonal? It is year round. So uh, we do work heaviest in uh, harvest. So we start from July to November. So about the the middle of November, we start dying down. Uh, But then throughout the rest of the year, we're training dealers uh, that we bring on and then we're servicing equipment that's out there as well. So it's, it is, it's all year round. Great. Uh, Jeanette, so this question is for you. Will there be links sent out after the webinar if you're not able to attend the live sessions? Oh, yes. Yes, they are available for anyone who's registered. Yeah, because I think that's the thing. We offer so many different um, uh, tracks and, you know, there's more than one that people are interested, especially if they're researching to figure out what area of ag they want to get into. So we'll have people come back and watch them all. So, yeah. Great, great. And trying to segment these out. So do you have regional contacts already established? And can you reach out to those to find out more about the veterans within your network in your region? So we do have um, the chapters that we have established. We have they have uh, executive teams and advisory teams and their advisory teams are made up of folks from the Farm Bureau, Farm Credit. National Farmers Union, Agribility, um, you know, the extension offices. So um, all those resources are available in the chapters of the states that we have chapters. In the chapters that are in formation, we have um, we have a state coordinator who her name is uh, Doris and she's out of Wisconsin and she works with those chapters to get them up and running uh, and figure out their two-year plan. And, uh, you know, there's a process you go through with your documentation and everything. So, um, and she's a resource, you know, for them. And then we also have someone here at national who, who works uh, yeah, at the national headquarters here that works with everyone, um, all the chapters. And we go through a lot of uh, listening sessions with them and uh, executive board just roundtable discussions uh, to get the feedback that we need to figure out what they need so that we can support them in those aspects as well. Great to hear. Great to hear. Uh, Rick, so another question for you here. Are links provided to apply online or do you have to call into AGI SureTrack to find out more about opportunities? 
So currently we don't have a job posting online because uh, most of the stuff I was going out and just going to military job fairs. Sure. So the point of contact would be myself. So I could uh, give my phone number out if that's needed. Okay, great. Fantastic. So, you know, as we look at wrapping up the conversation here this morning, Jeanette, Rick, is there anything that I failed to ask that you think is important and you want folks to take away, you know, especially heading into Veterans Day week? Jeanette, we'll start with you. You know, I just think given what's happening in our country um, right now, we all have to come together and support each other. And I really feel um, our veterans are a huge part of that. And we need to remember their service, uh, remember why our country is so fabulous and, um, you know, just support them. It's hard. A lot of functions for Veterans Day have been canceled, um, the, the traditional you know, functions, but we, I think you, people need to search um, online and find ways virtually to reach out and uh, thank the veterans um, themselves. You know, we, we're going to have a Veterans Day telethon. So if you want to learn more about the Farmer Veteran Coalition, we'll be posting a lot of our, our videos with our stories from our fellowship award winners. And you can watch that. And please feel free to donate um, anytime you like <laughs> on that. Um, but, you know, we're, we'll head into the conference um, and then, you know, just getting ready for next year, the next planting. This, this season, you think, slows down. Uh, but it doesn't. Winter doesn't slow down. Everybody's doing their crop plans and ordering their supplies and everything for next year. So we, we do help them a lot in that regard as well. Yeah. And, and Jeanette, are, are those uh, telethon videos, are those going to be posted on your website or your social channels? Where can folks access those? Uh, I think there's going to be on both. So uh, mostly on the social media platforms. Um, but yeah, they're still working out some of those details on how they're going to, you know, run it. But yeah, no, it's, uh, we, we pay them, we, we show them periodically, but to see them back to back is, is really something else. And we're doing follow-up stories now and some of our first fellowship winners to see how they've grown their business over the years. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, always it's, it's, some of them are very heart-wrenching for me so yeah no it's it's a wonderful thing to see i'm sure all right well thank you jeanette uh rick same question so for me i just if uh, if you're a veteran out there listening and you're still trying to find your fit after transition i would just strongly recommend giving agriculture a uh, go look uh start doing some job searches start doing some networking um it's definitely a fit for you uh the way of life, the style of life, the way of thinking is very similar. So if you're a veteran and you still haven't found your place after transitioning, definitely look at, look for agriculture. And then if you're an individual out there who has staffing needs, I would just say, please give a veteran an opportunity. And um, uh, they're very trainable and I, I can promise you, you won't be disappointed. That's all I have. All right, great. Well, Rick, thanks so much for your service, not only to our country, but to AGI SureTrack as well. And Jeanette, thank you as well for your service to the Farmer Veteran Coalition and, and helping to facilitate the opportunities for our veterans as they transition for military life. So, Brian, I think we're ready to hand it back over to you. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. 
Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.